Hello, and welcome to the Conscious Hoofbeat Podcast. This is a podcast that explores the interconnectedness of our health and the health of our horses through self-care, mindfulness, and personal development, along with a little equine wisdom and wellness. I am your host, Dr. Pamela Maynard. I'm a published author and researcher, equine body worker, energy facilitator, and I am passionate about deepening our connection with horses. If you want a more meaningful relationship with your horse, it starts within yourself. So don't forget to go to ConsciousHoofBeat.com and sign up today for our exclusive email list to get the Conscious Hoofbeat monthly and start your journey today. Today, I have human equine educator and liberty trainer, Erin Schroeder from Schroeder Stables in Casper, Wyoming, joining us. Erin educates horse owners on creating mutual communication with their horse, and she starts this approach to horsemanship by bringing awareness to what is being asked in the communication process between horse and rider. In addition, Erin puts emphasis on body awareness and creates mutual trust and a better comprehension in the human horse relationship. Welcome, welcome, Miss Erin. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I forgot to mention that you also have a boarding facility too. <laughs> I just thought of that after the fact. Yes, but we are like, uh, we are dwindling the boarding portion of it out. I know because yes. you're getting busy. You're getting more horses yeah. in for training and your uh, liberty lessons get pretty crazy and you're coming out of winter. So you're going to be getting busy soon. And I'm glad we could fit this in on a nice, cold, windy day before you're too busy with good weather and can't, can't hang out with me anymore. So thank you. You can say you're welcome. You're, you're just like... <laughs> Whatever. Just another podcast with Pam. No, no, I'm just thinking it's supposed to be 50 degrees by Saturday. I'm really excited about 50 degrees. I know. Me too. Me too. Okay. So today we want to talk about this positive reinforcement training idea versus negative reinforcement training and finding the happy medium. Because from my experience, what I'm seeing is these people that are doing the positive reinforcement, they're like really, really gung-ho on the positive reinforcement. Would you say that? Would that be an accurate assumption? And then those who are like, just doing the you know negative they're, they they don't like the positive like it's two-sided is I guess what I'm trying to say right now that we see a lot of it, it can be yes um I guess first of all you would want people to understand the difference between positive and negative reinforcement because a lot of people think the negative reinforcement is like punishment and so all that means is positive reinforcement is that you're adding something so like you mostly what it is is that people are using is a click and a treat negative mm -hmm. reinforcement is when you remove a stimulus so that would be that you're maybe applying pressure with your leg 
and when the horse moves away from the pressure, then you stop applying the pressure. So you've taken the stimulus away, and that is negative reinforcement. It's not to be um, mixed up with punishment. Yeah, so do you feel that, like, people who are all about the positive reinforcement think negative reinforcement's just about punishment, and then the opposite, those who don't believe in positive reinforcement don't believe in it because they really don't understand it and just think it's, like, clicking and treating, clicking and treating? Yes, it, it can be, yeah. So. Um, why do you think that the, this positive reinforcement method is being promoted so much right now. I keep hearing more and more about it. And, you know, 25 years ago when you and I were apprentices at Almar Arabians, like nobody talked about positive reinforcement, did they? I don't remember hearing that. I think if we, no. did, if we did, it was mostly in just the dog training world, right? Yeah. And it was very much frowned upon um in the horse world um you know giving giving treats has been really frowned upon some people say you should never hand feed your horse treats because they it makes them mouthy or you know different things it it can if you don't do it correctly, but if you use the positive reinforcement correctly, it can actually kind of help with those mouthy horses too. Um, but if you do it incorrectly, then it can it can make them little monsters. So um, well, I think that it is some it is a concept that is new in the horse world um it's being heavily promoted i think because a lot of people are in search of nicer ways to train their horses like people want to be nice to their horse so i think it's being promoted because hey, this is what people want to hear, and this is what people want to buy. But sometimes I think that the whole picture is not being displayed, and that's what's causing people to have some problems. Um, so I really think that rather than just promoting that positive reinforcement, we need to shed light on like the big picture and the pros and the cons so that people wanting to go and use this are a little bit more cautious about how they're doing it. Right. We're not, we're not just to, you know, like full disclosure, we're not here to say one is better than the other or one, you know, one is bad and or anything we're here to discuss the pros and cons and really about you're going to share with us how you find that happy medium with both within your training process and it also depends on the horse does it not right yes it does yeah like it, there's not 
I don't think there is ever a one-size-fits-all when it comes to training horses and people for that matter, right? Because it's one thing to do it with your own horses. It's another thing when you have a client's horse and you can do it with the client's horse, but maybe the client can't do it quite right, right. With, with their horse. Right. So um, we can, you know, talk about that a little more if you want, but let's go back to the... Um, you know, what are the pros? What, let's start off with the positive. What are the pros of positive reinforcement? Um, it can be a really good motivator. Um, it can, especially like, maybe you have like an older horse that has kind of been there and done that and they're not really super excited about their job and they're not, you know, it can add in this little element of excitement and fun for them if you can kind of make some things a little more fun for them um you know just kind of a different way to engage them um it it can help you know if a horse has like some anxiety um around trailer loading things like that i've kind of had it it help on some of those things. So that can be a really positive thing. Horses that want to be mouthy and stuff, if you are doing your positive reinforcement correctly, it, it can actually help that mouthiness because like I require them to be in a certain position to receive a treat. So they start to understand that they only receive that treat when their head is facing forward like they're not going to get anything if they're in your pockets and pushing you and nuzzling you and so it can give you a way to to be able to you know use food you know and actually teach them not to be pushy if you do it right so yeah i think it gives you the ability to mark a behavior when you're not right next to them which I really like. So as far as like ground tying and building their duration for being ground tied and things like that, like I can mark that behavior when I'm a hundred feet away from them because they can hear that click and then they'll stand there and wait till you walk over and give them that treat. Um, sure. sure. And so what would be some of the cons about positive reinforcement? I think the biggest thing is people not doing their homework on learning how to do it correctly. So then they're doing it incorrectly and that causes the horse frustration. It can cause the horse to be mouthy and to really mug you for food and different things um so yeah not you can people will actually like they'll click too late so mm. they're like reinforcing the wrong thing um sure timing really, timing's huge isn't it timing's huge just like it is in negative reinforcement the release of your pressure like that's the whole way that the horse learns. So if you have people that are really bad at releasing their rein pressure at the time when the horse gets soft and the horse just gets 
more and more dull. So if you have someone that's really bad with their timing on the click, clicking and treating thing, or, you know, forgets to make them stay in the correct position to receive the treat or things like that, then it can cause the same problems as bad timing with negative reinforcement. So, sure. and you know, one of the things you and I have talked about also is when is a good time to introduce positive reinforcement to your youngsters. Can you share a little bit about some of your experience around that? Cause I think you shared with me, like you have a three-year-old now and you felt you maybe had started her a little, little early with it and had to go back and redo some stuff. And now you have a, a two-year-old that you're, you're starting your liberty with and you've decided to hold back a little bit on that positive reinforcement training with him, right? Yes. I really feel like you should save the positive reinforcement for like more difficult things um, that require maybe a little extra incentive or like maybe horses that are, um, you know, have built a lot of anxiety around something that maybe you want to try to make it a more positive experience, like, you know, and you can teach, you can like load the clicker. So they say like, you can teach it a little bit and then not use it on an everyday basis either. Just because like, so my, April Philly, the three-year-old that I feel like I started it a little early with, one thing with her is she is, she is a little on the lazier side at times. Well, so I would like click and treat her for like really basic things. Well, I tended to maybe spoil her just a hair too, because she's like my baby she just she and which, which that can happen right we end up spoiling our horses yeah. it's not so, un like uncommon her, she understands what the click and treat is like she knows what it is but i don't use it on her very often at all right now like but she still if i decide to use it like one time in a two-week period she understands exactly what it is so if she did something really, really good, you know, then I can still use it. It's still there. But like, I think using it for your really basic things that they should be doing, I think you should not. They need to learn, you know, ba the basic things like, you know, your walk, trot, canter on a lunge line, whoa, move your shoulders, move your hips, side pass. Those very basic things, I think you should not be having to click and treat for all of that. Now, when you start to do, you know, higher level things, like maybe your spins and they, they really pick up a little more speed in a spin or they, you know, you start collecting gates and they really, you know, have to pick themselves up and use themselves and it's much harder those are good areas where you can use that for some extra motivation or say like a horse that is, um, had issues with like trailering. Maybe they're very nervous. I used it with one of those. Like I actually taught her with the positive reinforcement to target 
which is where they'll go to a target and then they'll get, so I didn't have to put pressure on her to get her to get in the trailer. I just started sending her to the target, put the target closer and closer to the trailer, put the target in the trailer to take the anxiety. I don't know what had happened to her before. I just know it was a problem that caused her a lot of anxiety. So taking that anxiety out of that particular thing, it was really beneficial for her. Okay, so let's um let's uh explain though to people who maybe don't understand what the target training is. Can you give a brief brief uh explanation to that and how that is is part of the positive reinforcement training so the target training is like you can either use you usually start with a handheld target and they basically know that they get clicked and treated for touching their nose on that and then you start having a move with that target so you can actually like have them follow the target and, you know, touch the, each time they touch their nose, you'll click and treat. Then you can start with what they call a stationary target, which I used a cone. So like when she would, I tell her to target and point her that direction, she would go touch the cone. She would get a click and a treat. So she got to where she knew, if I pointed her towards that cone, she went and touched it, you know, then we would just move that cone. So they're going to that target. And when they hit that target with their nose, then they get a treat. Gotcha. And then you had mentioned something about loading. And can you explain that a little bit to the listeners? Because I don't know that everybody understands. When, when you start this positive reinforcement with the click and treat, you do a thing called loading, right? Yes. Okay. Explain to us what exactly that entails, please. So they need to associate the click, which I don't want to carry around a clicker because a lot of times I've got a rope and a whip and I've got different things so I just use my tongue so like you have your click that you use to make them go which is more the and then my click for the tr click and treat is uh so it's just yes like, and I don't I can't make that noise so if I, if I can, if somebody can't make that noise with their mouth and they don't want to carry the clicker in their hand because yes we know it's not like training a dog we we as horse people got a lead rope and whips and other stuff going on so what else would be a, another thing you can use in place of the click you could maybe use a word like i know a gal that you know she'll tell her horse yes so like that's her bridge signal it's called a bridge signal really so um yeah you could pick a a specific word it just you will have to be careful like that you don't say that word at any other time or right, you know right. it needs to be because i know that like i have a customer that can't make the so she uses the to get her horse to trot so mm. i'm out there riding around on one of mine and she's making the my clicker noise to her horse 
-hmm. So mine keeps stopping and waiting and wondering <laughs> where their tree is. Oh so you do kind of need to be like specific and it needs to be really consistent. So, um, so the loading is when you start to introduce your click, whatever that yes. click is, whether it be whatever that click is, you're going to stand there and you're going to, so I'll like, and I'll give them a treat and I'll, and I'll give them a, but you'll treat. only give them a treat when they're in the position you want them in. It's not just yes. cluck and treat, cluck and treat. It's okay. Hold that position, even if it's for a brief second, but if they hold the position, then they get the treat, right? Yes. So yes, like I'll actually just stand there with the horse tied and I'll just stand there beside him and I make sure that I do it from both sides. Mm -hmm. And so when they put their head like facing forwards, maybe even just a slight little bit away from me, then I'll make the noise, I'll reach my hand out to where they're going to stay in that same position straight forward. Mm -hmm. and get their treat then I'm gonna I'll stand there and wait and then as soon as they put their head back in that position I'll click and I'll treat and then I'll stand there and wait again because they will they'll start to nuzzle you and they'll start to you know well where is it where is it and you just kind of ignore them and stand there and wait and then as soon as they put their head back over there you click and treat and like I'll stand there and do that for like just that for maybe five minutes the first day and then and I'll kind of keep I'll do that for a few days in a row like until I start to feel like they really associate the click with the treat and that and then I'll kind of start to do things like I might be asking them to just walk a circle around me or you know something kind of slow and i'll click and i'll see like do they stop and wait because if they really understand what the click is they will like i can be riding one of mine mm -hmm. and loping along and if i click they will stop and they will wait now of course when i'm on top of them then they do have to turn to the side um to to get that and i don't do it when i'm riding them until they understand it really well on the ground but like i could be having them you know lunge at the lope in a circle around me and if i click if i make that noise they should stop and wait and they will they'll stop and they will wait so you can use it for you know some of your fun tricks like you know the smiling and side pass towards you and some things that are you know they need that little extra motivation you know the lay down things like that now i don't put the treat on the ground and try to make them lay down by bribing them with the treat i teach them the cues when they're getting the cues they get clicked and treated for that certain sure cue. And and of course, some horses are going to pick up on this easier than others, right? Mm hmm Yeah. And I'm sure you have some horses that come in for training that, you know, have the head came in with some baggage or whatever, and it might take a little longer for that positive reinforcement to kick in. Yes. And I will say I have not done it on any client horses 
Yeah. Like I've done this to my own horses <laughs> because I'm not like, okay, it's been just a couple of years that I've been using it and toying with it. Um, so I feel like it's been a little bit in that experimental stage now, you know, I feel very adept at using it, but I don't do it to client horses because I don't want them to have that button there and misuse it or, and, and have a problem or, you know, yeah. So that I will say, I have not done it with any of my client horses. Okay. That makes sense. And, but we see a lot of trainers that are teaching this stuff like online, like have little online classes and stuff. Like, do you feel that that's, that's an effective way to teach positive reinforcement? Like, or is, do you think that goes back to one of one, maybe one of the cons around it? Because if, if you don't have your timing and a, com, a good understanding of it, right, then we run into problems, don't we? Well, yes, you run into problems. I think one of the biggest things is people go to an event and they see, hey, this trainer's using positive reinforcement. But then what they did not take the time to do is to go into whether it's that trainer's platform or, you know, somebody that really does um, a lot of clicker training. Like I know that two that I have looked at, like, okay, so Mustang Maddie uses positive reinforcement, so does Luke Gingrich. They both, if you pay for their membership or whatever, had ex and they had extensive videos on how to do it correctly. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't, I think what happens is people don't go watch how to do it correctly. They just start trying to do it. And you really need to make sure that you do it correctly. I know that Georgia Bruce has a whole, I think she was one of the first people doing it, has a whole thing on it. So I think if you decide that you want to use it, you need to invest the time to do it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that your basic horsemanship skills need to be at a certain level before you decide to do it because timing is everything. So if you don't even have good timing with pressure and release, if you haven't established that type of timing with your horse, then I don't, I think your timing will be poor with positive reinforcement too. And that's going to cause a lot of problems. Yeah. It reminds me of a story, a friend of mine, uh, a dressage trainer friend of mine in Arizona told about how he was at a boarding facility and <clears throat> this lady was standing in the turnout trying to get her horse to come to her, right? Doing, doing this hand signal, right? And she stood out there, the horse has got his head in the corner, his butt turned towards her, not even paying any attention to her, stood out there at the gate for an hour trying to get the horse to come to her. And it's like, clearly we have this disconnect. And she, you know, she, and he shared that, oh, she went to some little weekend clinic, right? They, they could do it with their demo horse. So she came home and was trying to do it with her horse, but didn't have that, right. didn't have that foundational basic horsemanship right. in place 
it's just it, things are not always as simple as as some of the pros make it look like with their their awesome demo horses and these people that have been doing it you know their whole life and there's there's that disconnect we're, we're missing that in between and i think that's why we wanted to talk about this is about really finding that that happy medium and so we've talked about like the pros and cons around positive reinforcement let's talk about the pros and cons around negative reinforcement like you know it's not just one or the other it's about finding that that balance in between and having this awareness of the the pros and the cons so let's talk about negative reinforcement a little bit okay well i mean negative reinforcement is basically like your pressure release so like you ask your horse to go you may give a light squeeze then like you're going to increase the pressure you may go to then a kick and a bigger kick and then they they go and then you relieve the pressure um same thing there some similar pros and cons like if your timing is not very good then it creates confusion and stress for the horse because they're like well i went forward and you're still kicking me so i don't under you know like you can make a lazy horse even more lazy or you can you know um you can use too much pressure with a sensitive horse without realizing it because you didn't ask with a softer pressure first i mean the same thing and then you have the stigma some people just think pressure is bad altogether we should never put pressure on our horse well the other horses put pressure on each other in the way they communicate like there's just there is pressure in the world that's a, a there's pr pressure in life there's pressure in the yeah. herd behavior there's no yeah. getting, getting away from pressure they need to they need to understand how to react to pressure you need you know so um yeah it's you can make them really nervous by not releasing pressure at the right time you can make them dull you can make them mad you can you know so you can create basically the same issues there the only thing that you're not like if you do negative reinforcement wrong, you're gonna make them like either dull or you're gonna make them anxious, but you're not gonna have the treat mugging type of thing because you're not using food. But um, yeah, you might just teach them to ignore your leg altogether. <laughs> you know, so it boils down to, you know, people need to really educate themselves and also, no, like, okay, well, like, maybe this horse is a little too green. I need to get more help or I need to, you know, watching videos is great, but sometimes you need the help of the actual person there to be like, to watch you and say, well, you should have released there. Or you just, you just released there and rewarded the thing you didn't want. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, sorry, that gets a little long-winded, but. No, that's, I mean, that's, it's all important stuff. And I, I feel that people sometimes just don't really understand that positive reinforcement can cause stress too. Yes, it can. And some of them, 
can get a lot of stress, like to a point where I feel like they can't even learn. I had gotten a horse from somebody else once that did a ton of positive reinforcement. I don't even know if she used clickers. I think she used the treats more in like a bribing way. Mm-hmm. But this horse, it was like he couldn't even focus because he was like a crackhead looking for his next fix. Like he was so worried about the treats, the treats, the treats, the treats that like he couldn't, he just couldn't focus. And so like I stopped, like I didn't give him treats altogether. I like didn't, and that was kind of, yeah, that was before I had started toying with the positive reinforcement. And then it was shortly after him that it kind of started to become more popular. And I started to kind of fiddle with it. And um, yeah, like that was one that it, it did cause a lot of stress. I caused a lot of stress, I think, on one of mine. because, Like I really wanted to teach the lay down and, you know, I think I tried to do it like too much and too much and too much. And so I don't think that mirror at that point was really ready to lay down, but I kept, and I used the positive reinforcement to teach her to do it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to say that didn't stress her because I think it did, even though I used positive reinforcement. So, cause she just had other things that were uncomfortable for her that yeah I probably maybe shouldn't have been doing that right at that time because she wasn't, worked. wasn't quite ready for it right yeah it yeah. worked I did teach her to lay down but um yeah I don't I think yeah on my part I was a little greedy I should have taken care of a few other things first so right well I think, I think the whole, you know, the whole point of this podcast was to, like I said, educate about the pros and cons, but also about creating a, you know, that happy medium, because some people don't believe you can use both. Like we have, I, I say it all the time. We have extremists. We have, we see it in everything, not just horses. We have the, a lot of extremists. You have the people that, you know, only go barefoot. You have the people that only go bridalists. You have you know, you know what I'm saying. Yes. Oh, yes. There's always this true. So you have the extremists that only believe in positive reinforcement. And then you have the extremists who don't believe in it at all. And it's so we're here to say that you, you can, you can use them together. Right. Like, and I feel like it goes back to, like you said, it starts with just learning the basics. You have to have basic horsemanship and even be at a certain level of your horsemanship skills to implement anything the lay down, the, the spin, the slide, the roll back, you know, the clicker training. It doesn't matter. You have to have that foundation. That's how I feel about it. Do you want to elaborate on it? Cause you, you do more with the positive than I do. I think you can use them together. Um, I have, you know, I've been using them together for a couple of years now. Yes. I mean, there are, I, I do think that it, it, they understand, like, and it, and it does give that extra bit of motivation. And then, like, you can kind of start, okay, well, 
I'm not gonna, you know, maybe I used to click and treat you for this, but like now you're gonna have to work a little bit harder to get that reward, you know? So I think, and that's what a lot of people just click and treat and click and treat and click and treat. They don't start withholding. Mm. And the idea is that you withhold a little bit. Right. To get the more difficult maneuvers or behaviors or whatever, um, which that's going to cause a little stress too. So you've got to be, you know, kind of aware of what you're doing. But um, yeah, I think you can use them together. I think that um, people need to take the time to do all the boring parts and educate themselves on how to do it correctly make sure that their timing is really good on the little things first and um go from there and i think that if someone is interested in learning to use it it's just like anything else you should go and work with someone and take lessons on how to use it properly mm -hmm. So I, I asked you earlier, I was like, so what else fires you up about this topic? Do you remember what you said to me? I don't. Thank you, Pamela, for making notes. I write everything down. Um, you said that it isn't being laid out in a completely truthful manner by the cl clinicians who are promoting it. And and I know that's a bold statement because, you know, there's people out there that are really popular that are doing it and, and it's great. And it's not that they're not teaching it properly or not good at it. Right. But I think there's a, a little bit of that missing link, which we've kind of, you know, kind of tapped into a little bit, but can you just elaborate a little bit more on what you meant about how it's not being completely truthful? Well, I don't, think it's that they're trying to be untruthful i think you know some of it has to do with oh we you know they want people to buy their program or whatever so it's it's marketing look i use positive reinforcement i'm a nice horse trainer <laughs> by my thing. like i'm a nice horse trainer but what they're not saying is hey you can use this, but you really need to do it correctly. You really need to put your research into it. You really need to still make sure that your horse is minding their manners as well. Like just because, you know, just because they use positive reinforcement doesn't mean that they don't expect their horse to mind its manners. So you're seeing on the video clips, you know, a, a horse that it's getting clicked and treated. And, but what you have to remember too is they still correct those horses. They still will correct them, not in an abusive way, but they're not necessarily, that's not in their Facebook highlight reel. Right. But, <laughs> right. you know, but like, yeah, just because you're going to use positive reinforcement does not mean that you let this horse 
run the show and walk all over you like it you have to be very particular about how you use it so i just feel like that people are promoting yes this is a great tool and it is mm -hmm. but they're not promoting the other half of it in a sense right and it's and not so just i you know i personally have seen people try to use it and they're not good with their timing on just you know very basic skills like teaching the horse to yield its shoulders for instance that's one that a lot of people have a really hard time teaching so like if you're not familiar with the term yielding the shoulders basically like your horsemanship turn the turn on the haunches like move the shoulders mm -hmm. away from you if you don't have enough timing to teach your horse to do that correctly then you shouldn't use positive reinforcement like because your timing is not you haven't spent the time it takes to Get your gain that the foundational work the basic foundational horsemanship work needs to be in place before you do anything it's not just positive reinforcement training it's liberty training it's riding it's in any discipline right and, and, and like these trainers that are using positive reinforcement and they're having really great results they have spent years a lot of time learning how to use it correctly they have done other things prior like they were good horsemen prior to doing the positive reinforcement and they have spent a lot of time doing all the boring work and learning how to be really good horsemen right so that's what I feel like people think that the positive reinforcement is going to be a quick fix for them. And it's not going to solve all your problems. So, well, and, and going back to like, not completely truthful, it's not that they're lying. It was, I think it's like you said, like, you know, they're, they're doing these beautiful programs and putting stuff online and they're showing all the good stuff, but we don't always get to see the bad stuff or the in-between. And, we've talked about that before like you, you buy into this online program and they're showing the horse perfectly doing it and you go out and try to do it and your horse is not remotely close to that and I, like i want to see the good the bad and the ugly right because chances are i'm going to start out with the bad and the ugly with my horse first and i well, need to know what that looks like before we get to the good part what people have to understand too is even because now more of them are like recording raw footage of you know the process of training a horse but the process of them training a horse and then the average person training the uh, same horse yeah an but amateur like, not a pro like, but an amateur yeah because that professional has impeccable timing and everything else because they've done it a hundred times they, so they have yeah. a, a lifetime of experience that built up to that and then the amateurs are going out 
and doing it based off of a couple videos and don't even have, like you said, they're timing down on yielding to the shoulder. So, well, and then, you know, it's people will go out once a week or once every two weeks because it's cold or they're running their kids around or they're doing this, that, or the other. And you can't, you know, these people that are doing this for a living, they're, they're out there every day in the, you know, these people that have been real successful, they're out there in the freezing cold and the snow and the whatever, you know, they have made that choice and that commitment. And that's why they're having their results. Like exactly. you're not going to go work with your horse every two weeks and get that. Right. So if we wanted to sum this up, you know, like maybe three um, suggestions for somebody who wants to explore positive reinforcement or get into it, what, what would the three takeaways be today? Like first, it's not going to happen overnight, right? You got to do the work just like anything else. It's, it's a whole nother tool that you have to learn and perfect. Uh, that I think the second takeaway would be that you can do both. It's just, it's not just one or the other after you, you know, learn your timing and your basic horsemanship skills. And what would the third most important thing be that you want people to uh, have as a takeaway from listening today? That you need to work with someone that has done it. And then like, if there isn't someone in your area that has used it and experience has experience with it then you need to find someone with a very very thorough online program and really follow that to a t if you're a person that's you know able to watch a video and implement it not everyone you know does well with that but i think the best case scenario is to find someone close enough to you that is experienced and go work with them in person if you can. I mean, I find videos to be very helpful, but in person is that much better. So, right. Okay. Anything else that you want to, that I've left out that you want to say before we come to a close? I don't think so. Not, I just want it to be clear that like, I don't want to discourage people from using the clicker training because I do think it is a really beneficial tool. I just want to encourage people to be a lot more thoughtful about their process in implementing that. Awesome. Thank you. Um, if anybody wants to find you, they can find you on Facebook, Shorter Stables, right? That's right. All right. Thank you, Erin Schroeder, for joining me today and to all of our listeners. Until next time, enjoy your horse. <laughs>